Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Welcome to this week's Painting of the Week. And uh, today we're talking about um, a painting that I really, really like. Uh, it's The Calling of St. Matthew by Caravaggio. And uh, Laura and I have been looking at this painting. Haven't we, Laura? We have. Sharp uh, intake of breath sharp for intake. me because I can't even tell you how excited I've been about doing Caravaggio. And well, even walking down today, I was questioning myself as in, how can I even be involved in talking about a painting by Caravaggio? Because I don't know really, Phil. I just feel a bit out of my league here. Well, part of the thing about painting of the week, Laura, is that you, 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 you must <laughs> I never... I in my league. <laughs> you must never feel... I mean, any view is legitimate. Any response <laughs> is legitimate. Mm. I mean, we're, we're not trying to be um, speaking from on high, are we? No, um, but sometimes... Uh... Sometimes I, I see a painting and then I think, hmm, I'm, really, I'm not really sure where I'm going to go with this because I'm sure that there's a, possibly a lot of really knowledgeable people that obviously have yeah, massive opinion on this one and on him. Laura, I guarantee mm. you'll, you'll be invited <laughs> to do cruise line lectures before I will. <laughs> it won't be far off. <laughs> so, OK, let's look at this. I I um I've been working on Caravaggio for a while for a project we have underway and um more about that another time but this is uh, a remarkable painting so basically in brief um the calling of saint matthew so taken from the bible jesus is uh pointing at Matthew and basically, you know, calling him to be one of the disciples. I guess that's the essence of the story. Um, Caravaggio is an absolutely fascinating individual. And there's certainly been times when people have said to me, who is your favourite painter? And I've said Caravaggio. I wouldn't know now who I would say, because I, I think it's such an impossible question. But um, I am a big fan. Um, I didn't know I was a big fan until until we started doing painting of the week and then you know sometimes when you're in an art gallery and I don't know if this happens to you you're near art work and people stand and say oh do you know what I, I think I could do better than that is there anybody you could imagine that would stand in front of a Caravaggio <clears> and say oh I think I could do a bit better than that you know very, this, is, this is this is this is really good. <laughs> very, it's actually very interesting you should say that. I went into a gallery in Brighton mm. the other day, mm. and I would say that honestly, eighty to ninety percent of the artworks, I thought, nah, mm. I, I, I you, yeah. my photographs. I mean, like, this sounds slightly bombastic. I think my photographs are better. I can I can squiggle. I can do a circle of paint just as well as. There's a Damien Hurst in there, and I actually have respect for Damien Hurst, but it was four circles of paint. Mm. 
which had been done by his workshop. I don't suppose he'd had anything to do with it except the conception, all right, to discuss. But what was it, 16 grand, 26 grand? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no way, you, as exactly as you say, you would look at a Caravaggio or indeed a Leonardo, a Rembrandt of a Mir and think, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And this... It's so fantastic. <laughs> it's so and there's so much to this. Oh, mm. let's, let's just take a look at the painting. So, what's going on? You have five individuals sitting around a table, and they are. It, it, it's to do with money lending. Maybe they're paying their taxes. Maybe they're making a loan. There's money on the table, um, and they're nicely dressed. And if you notice, they've got nice shoes on and nice, um, one or two of them have got nice hats and so forth. In walks Jesus, the guy on, on, the, on the right, barefooted, note, um, that reflects his humility um, in contrast to the fine clothing and shoe wear of the others. And he points. Now, there is some discussion about who he's actually pointing at, mm. which is quite interesting. Obviously, the guy with the beard is yeah. pointing to himself like, who, me? Mm. Um, but then it's also, maybe some have said, well, actually, he's not pointing to himself. He's pointing to the guy on the left, the young man who's got his head down, pushing the coins. Um, I don't think that's actually true. I think that he is pointing to himself. Part of the reason I think that is that there's there's others other paintings by Caravaggio where, like the martyrdom of, of Saint Matthew, where guy it looks it's the same model. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it's the guy in the middle mm-hmm. saying "Who me?" Um, and Jesus is basically saying, "Yeah, come on, leave this leave this world behind. You you've got a different task ahead." Is this an indoor scene or an outdoor scene? Again, that's been discussed. Um, personally, I suspect it's an indoor scene. I doubt you'd sit outside and count your money. Um, and you, all right, it's Rome, so the weather's pretty good, but you're still going to be at the mercy of weather. So, um, and people have looked at the window and thought, well, you know, the the shutter or the single shutter is that something you'd have inside a window? Whatever. So you've got one light source, essentially, and that's actually slightly odd. If you imagine that Jesus and his companion have just come through a door, mm. but the light seems to be coming above the door. So difficult to understand that. Have they just come down some stairs? That doesn't quite make sense. Have they closed the door and it's like there's a window above the door? Slightly difficult. It's all questions again. All questions, and then... The, no, there's no... In this painting, or isn't that always... With all these paintings of Caravaggio, there are way more questions than answers. There are, and um, absolutely with Caravaggio, he's, he's an artist that you, you, need to, you need to look at. There's so many clues. Mm. There's so much detail. And we'll talk about his personality in a second, but everything is very, very carefully considered. And one of the reasons he kind of got into trouble with those that commissioned his works and the church more broadly is that he wouldn't, he wouldn't really follow instructions. 
No. You know, he had he had his own views on things, which is something that I'm going to be dealing with in, in the film I'm making about him. But again, just in terms of the light source, so he's famous for this single light source, you know, chiaroscuro, the darks and the, and the, and the lights. Um, doesn't always make sense. You know, recently we had this with Hopper, didn't we, where if you look really carefully, there's so many different light sources, it doesn't quite make sense. But he's an artist, so so he can do what he likes. Yeah. Really. But basically, <laughs> exactly. basically, you've got one light source <laughs> from the top right. He did, he did do what he liked. So you're saying that with a, at the time, I read about a little bit about this, saying there was a lot of people that were illiterate mm. and so therefore looked at paintings to tell them the stories, especially with the church. They wanted people to have the story. There it is in black and white. And what he did, because Matthew was meant to immediately get up mm. and leave and go with Jesus, but it, because of the... Pointing, it's not quite right. He's pointing at him, self, questioning, is it me you're looking at and stuff like that. Is that, that then put the question as he didn't immediately just get up and go and leave. So well, that then made people maybe stand at the painting a bit longer, maybe discuss the whole situation a bit longer. Is that what the, the reasoning behind his painting was? Well, I think this is a very specific moment. I mean, he could be about to just stand up. I mean, you probably would. <laughs> yeah. It's random, so... <laughs> random guy or two men have just walked in. Yeah. It doesn't even look like he's saying anything. He's just pointing. It's like, mm. you know, you're going to stand up, leave all your money, leave your life behind. Mm. And um, I mean, he's going to have to be persuaded that this is Jesus Maybe that's so, so that his companion, St. Peter, maybe that's St. Peter's job to say, do you know who this is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right, of course, that, that uh, Caravaggio is working at a time when, you know, you always got to ask, who is this painting for? Mm. Now, it, it's commissioned for a chapel. It's mm. actually a really interesting story. So Caravaggio... Uh, He's come to Rome to make his name as a painter. And he's doing his best. This is, to cut a long story short, he, he ends up in the house of a guy called Del Monte. Del Monte is, is well connected with the, with the church. Um, but quite nearby, there's a chapel called the Contarelli. And... Um, uh, have you been there? Yeah, I have been there. Ooh. And basically, as you go into this church, there are all these kind of side spaces where people would buy the space and then commission artworks for those little side chapels to go on the sides and on the back. Okay. When you go into this church and you walk down the aisle, on the far left, this space had been empty for a while and... Um, Contarelli had died, left his money in his will, and he wanted, because his own first name was essentially Matthew, yeah. he wanted 
a, a to commission artworks to do with the calling of Matthew and the martyrdom of Matthew. Okay. Um, there was another artist possibly in the frame, but the other artist, Sarasi, was busy. Um, and Del Monte said, well, I've got this very fine artist in my household. Why don't you try him? This was the biggest commission that Caravaggio had had. Um, he'd certainly never done group, you know, this many people. What is remarkable, so this painting is 1599-1600, so 423 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and what is remarkable is it is in exactly the same place as when he painted it. Oh, okay. That's so amazing. You, so, so many paintings, yeah. uh, you know, the Supper of Emmaus, you can go to the National Gallery to see that. I mean, so many paintings travel, get stolen by... Mm-hmm. Kings and armies and Napoleon, when he conquered Europe, would take his art collectors with him and they'd steal everything they possibly could. They even tried to steal the Last Supper off the wall in Milan, blah de blah This painting and the companion piece, The Martyrdom of St. Matthew, is in exactly the same place. And what's interesting is that because, because it's in the same place, you can see, you know, artists are thinking where this painting is going to hang yeah. And therefore, how the audience are going to be seeing it, so that the elevation and also the light of the chapel itself. The chapel is actually pretty dark. Right. There are just some light, some, some and I assume it hasn't changed, but there are um, some kind of thin windows above the paintings that let a little bit of light in. Now when you go, you pay to have the lights come on to illuminate the painting so it would have been a <laughs> it's a dark painting in a dark space mm. but as you walk along the various chapels and you see more traditional artworks when you hit these they are it it smacks you in the face because the blacks are so black and the whites are so white and and there's a there's a, there's a this is filmmaking you know yeah. before the invention of film mm-hmm. it's, it's a moment it's a really strong narrative um, so it does exactly what it wants. It makes you stop and makes you question, makes you, stop, makes you, makes you chat. But now, who's going into that chapel? Actually, probably ordinary people would have gone into that chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are plenty that were literate, but there are also plenty, plenty, plenty that weren't. Right. So... That's why you have, of course, churches and chapels and, and, you know, being covered in artworks that tell the story of the Bible for those that can't read. And, of course, if the, if the sermons are in Latin, they can't even understand the sermons. No. So. Um, but that, is, that, is that why he intentionally has made it so that there's... Because even the way the, the, the pointing, the, all the, the three, there's three hands pointing... Mm-hmm. One of the hands, the one from Matthew, to me looks like a proper point as such. So the other two, I'm not so sure. Well, he's doing two things here. So first of all, what Caravaggio is famous for is he's trying to connect. He is he really does think about his audience. He's trying to connect with them, and one of the ways he tries to connect connect with them is to is to paint them in his pictures. Right. So these are ordinary people mm-hmm. being painted. So the models, the, the models on the street, famously, some of his paintings, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's criticised because he's, he's painted a prostitute. 
Right. As the Virgin Mary. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, he has people with dirty feet. He has people with ragged clothes. These are faces that you would recognise. Uh-huh. That's one thing. Second thing with the pointing. This is 1600. 1511, 1512, Michelangelo, who Caravaggio absolutely would have thought was a master... Um, has painted the Sistine Chapel. Right, yeah. And again, all artists look to who's gone before them. Caravaggio, though he was a boastful man, he was egotistical, he was very sure of his own abilities, perhaps justifiably. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he certainly was no fool. He's certainly not going to discount the works of somebody like Michelangelo. He's gone to the Sistine Chapel, he's studied it. And one of the things, of course, he's seen is that the arm of Adam yeah. and the hand of Adam. And again, our audience, some of them who may have been into the Sistine Chapel as well, we can't assume that all everyone had, but those that had been in would have seen that hand. That is almost identical. Yes, it is, yeah. So, uh-huh. now there is um, a feeling that... Uh, there's a connection between Adam and Jesus. You know, these, anyway, that's probably a a deliberate uh, allusion to that 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 you know the hand of Adam. Um, Michelangelo would do things like that. Like you say, I mean, Saint Peter, his hand. I think he's just, you know, he's just there to support and maybe. If Matthew's questioning it, St. Peter's saying, yeah, look, this is yeah. this is the Son of God. You don't muck, muck about. And, yeah, I think that, that the other hand isn't pointing to the, the boy at the end. I think he's pointing to himself. It is really a who-me moment. But, yeah. but this is what makes it so engaging is that, you know, you stand looking at it and you're thinking, <laughs> first of all, before you even admire the painterly qualities of it, which are just fantastic... I mean, the closer you look. Um, but, you know, those faces are real. They are questioning. But you've also got, you know, the act, you know, the guy is in the, in the act of pushing money, like he's repaying a loan or is he making a loan or... And, I know, and that hand is so amazing. Mm. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Phil. You, you know, because uh, you say to me, oh, we're going to be doing this, Laura. And I looked at the painting, I was like, oh, OK. And I go off. And then I think, oh, you know. I have a good old look and try and work out what's going on and read and things. And the more I've looked at this painting, who knew I would ever say, I absolutely love this painting mm. so much. I really do. I'm fascinated by their faces. I think one of the things, there's a tiny, tiny bit of light which looks like a halo just above the yeah. where, that we, where, where um, uh, Jesus is pointing. So uh, all these little things. There's all, of course, there's a halo above Jesus too. Yeah. There's just like... Very, very finely done. So much. The wind... Oh. I feel like sometimes I might have walked past too much in my life. Not that I've ever been to this chapel, but... Yeah, but now, we, all, we all do, don't we? Yeah, but not now. Not now. I'm converted. I'm a new person. I um, I really, really respect and love some of the stories behind some of these paintings and I think we've said it so many times if you go into an art gallery 
find out if there's one specific one you could find out quite mm. a lot about and then stop if you want. You might not want to. But yeah, this one this one I find lovely and I really enjoyed it. Because well, I thought you'd pick a different Caravaggio to be fair. I don't know why. Didn't think this was well, going to be so one, exciting. Um, so there's another one, uh oh there's so many great Caravaggios. Mm. There was one called the Card Sharps. Oh, okay. And um you know these these characters don't look that different to the characters from the card shops. Um, uh, I think I think it's just that you know it, it, it's that sense of that could be me around that table. Mm. Sometimes with these, you know, they, he's almost deliberately leaving a space on the table where you. I oh, mean, yeah, we could come in. <laughs> he doesn't really want somebody's back in front of Matthew, but there's also that sense of. There's room for one more, and that's you. Hmm. Um, We'd love you to find out, wouldn't it, how you would feel about us two sitting here now, hmm. <laughs> talking about his painting. So oh, he'd, at... he'd lop our heads off, I expect. <laughs> I <laughs> there mean, seems to be quite a lot of that going on in some of his others. <laughs> I mean, his biography is, is extraordinary, and actually sometimes rather dominates the narrative. Um, you know, he kills a man. Yeah. He flees Rome. Mm-hmm. He goes to Naples, uh, then he ends up in Malta. He ends up, it is believed, in a kind of underground cave-cum-cell. There's no way out, but he escapes back to Naples, attacked. Some say that someone, that someone tried to decapitate him. Someone else says they slashed his face. Oh, yeah, there's something, yeah. And he gets a ship with three of his paintings trying to get back in, you know, have the death penalty that, you know, rescinded by the church and then he mysteriously dies. dies. And then there are all sorts of theories, none of which are really based in a great deal of fact. Um, and yet, while all this is going on, that's why, I, that's why I've been working, you know, one of the things I do is I work out the timeline. So everyone's focusing on this whole thing of escaping Malta and going back to Naples and being attacked and then, and then you look, God, he paints that in this mm. period. He paints that in this period. How does he paint a painting like that if someone's just tried to chop his head off? You know, it's, yeah. not, it's not possible. Right. Um, so. Yeah, no, where does he do the painting and stuff if you're on the run? And, and, you know, he doesn't just set up his easel. Well, bear in mind <laughs> at this point, we've talked about Rome before, but bear in mind <gasps> that Naples is the big city. Okay. Naples is one of the biggest cities in Europe and Naples is a rival to Rome. Rome was not unified. All these cities are... are um, you know, Leonardo was lucky. He, he, he helped build the defences of Florence when the armies of the Vatican came. They took Florence. They could easily have executed Leonardo for being, you know, behind the the... the the delay in taking Florence because of the defences he apparently built. But they recognised he was a great artist and took him back to Rome. I mean, these Rome and Venice and Milan and Naples and, you know, they're all rivals. So Naples was quite happy to have the great artist Caravaggio, even though Rome and the church wanted him to pay uh, for having killed somebody quite important and then it's all about the individual you know families who who are willing to take somebody in and because even the vatican even cardinals 
Borghese. The Borghese is a gallery, if you go to Rome, one has to go and visit. So this guy, he's part of a church which is criticising Caravaggio and criticising oh. the content of his paintings and criticising him as a human being. Cardinal Borghese is buying his paintings. Oh, OK. Oh, that's interesting. It's, 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 <laughs> it's very that's interesting. So I went, interesting. I went, I went to a... I'll be a bit discreet here. I went to a major gallery yesterday in London and I asked them... We were talking about people that come by, musicians, fashion uh, designers, uh, filmmakers. And I said, what about politicians? Right. And they said, you know, even the current culture minister hasn't been to visit yet. Right. Um, we very rarely get politicians coming through. Uh, and I suspect that... So, you know, I think in a way, 400 years ago, Artists like Caravaggio probably had a higher status than artists do today. And people wanted their artworks. Well, he really is quite something. But this is a young guy. This is a young, yeah. young man. This, this really becomes his calling card. Once he does these, this painting in the Masterton of St. Matthew, there's another church chapel where he does two paintings as well. Can I ask a funny question? Yeah. So when he went to Malta, I don't know why he went to Malta, he... I don't know, I think I read, to get himself out of prison, he painted, and he painted the beheading of St John the Baptist. Is that one still there? But do you know, I mean, do you know why he did that one? Is there something... Well, he, he, he didn't paint to get out of prison. No. Basically, he was taken in, because, again, they recognised him as a great artist. Yeah. And he does some magnificent paintings, and they are, you know, in Valletta. Um, you can still see um, one particularly fine painting then he does something which means he gets thrown into this jail uh and again it's possible he attacked one of the knights of malta oh he's another fire okay. um and it seems plausible that somebody from naples came to rescue him um i mean one of the things about caravaggio which is not apparent in this painting but he he was somebody that put himself into his paintings yes i did see that the Taking of Christ, I did look at, to see so, him there. Well, there's that one with, the, he's got his own head on a platter. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, that's quite... <laughs> so he... He's got quite, quite a lot of paintings with beheadings, hasn't he? Yeah. Not something I want on my, you know, my fireplace. No. Not really... I mean, that's... This is, this is, <laughs> but this is the period, 50, you know, late 15th century mm. through the 16th century, where artists now, they're no longer artisans you know, the anonymous artists, they're now single name, Leonardo. First name, Leonardo, Mm. Michelangelo. Right, yeah. Raphael, Caravaggio. Um, And Caravaggio very much sees himself as being, he's he's, he's many decades later, isn't he, but almost 100 years later, but he sees himself as the next great artist after the triumvirate of Michelangelo, Raphael and Leonardo. Yeah. Which now we would agree with. There was a, I mean, he he kind of fell out of favour, as artists tend to, actually. Um, but now we definitely see him as a... I suppose everybody always imagines what he would have done if he lived longer. Everyone's probably sort of thinks that now. Well, the great thing, about, so, yeah. great thing about Caravaggio is that if you go to Rome, because many of his paintings were painted and they're big, mm. so they're hard to transport. I mean, that's, again, right. one of the reasons that didn't always stop armies, but it... Um, but... Um, if you go to Rome, you can see 
I did once count up how many, I can't, I can't remember now, but you can see a good number of his paintings, a high percentage of his paintings within walking distance. Oh, okay. So you could do a little tour. Which is fantastic. I remember going to see an exhibition at the National Gallery of Art in Washington of an artist called Kaibot. And the curator was saying to me that this exhibition, there's no way that anyone would ever see all these paintings um, because each one is from a different gallery. Right, okay. okay. Whereas with Caravaggio, you go to Rome and maybe throw in Naples and you can see you know, a good percentage of his output. Wow. Um, I think he worked quite fast, didn't he? Was he known for it? He wasn't one to be slow, so... I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. Um, well, so I read things, so I'm never sure. That's why I always ask you, Phil. <laughs> the, the wealth of knowledge. I'm not sure whether he... <laughs> if you don't know something, Phil, we're in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, no, I was I said someone, I think one of the things I looked at, said that he worked quite fast... I mean, he it is just unbelievable. I love it so much. It doesn't look to me like a painting that's 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 been done. I mean, hmm. he's not Leonardo. He doesn't take forever, um, and he 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 paints. I was going to say he's relatively productive in yeah. his artworks. When you like, you know, he, when I did um, Leonardo the works and tried to include everything that he was involved in. <laughs> you know, it's it's just over 20 paintings. Right. And I thought initially about doing Caravaggio, the works, but then you realise it's just too many. OK. I mean, there's a lot. Oh, um, so he must have worked fairly fast. Was... So that would suggest he did yeah. work fairly fast. Mm. But, you know, the detail of this. Mm. Oh, it, it, I just... Oh, it just fascinates me. I mean... Just incredible... Just the fabric, the the legs, they're, they're, they're amazing. One of one of the um, there is one critic that I read which said that he was able to work relatively quickly because he didn't do half the painting. Oh really? Well, no, in the sense that half the painting, <laughs> oh, half like... the painting's dark. <laughs> okay. And and actually, somebody <laughs> does. Someone else came and did it. For no, and somebody says actually, <laughs> he's doing that because it's easier. Oh. You know, again, a Leonardo would probably have a landscape through that window and right, yeah, mysterious villages on mountain clifftops and trees and a blue horizon, and that's just a window. But he just—you always say he's taking your eye to exactly where it wants to be. Well, so he's obviously thinking, well, it doesn't need that anything in the top left-hand corner of that painting. Well, exactly, and we we haven't talked about it, but I mean, it's fairly clear. Mm, exactly. You. Know, <laughs> you, you well, you close your eyes, you open your eyes, and you've got that line of light yeah. over the top of... I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's realistic or not. No. It's basically a straight line over the top of Jesus' halo, mm. which takes you straight to... Well, actually, probably the, 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 the youngish man sitting on the next to St. Matthew first. But the two lines take you straight to the... Which, again, is why I think it must be the guy in the middle, because those two lights... It's like... It's like a stage light, isn't it? Yeah. Key light. It's gone straight onto St. Matthew's face. You go around, don't you? And there's there's the circularity that we always talk about. Look at that. And you go around the back, the, the old guy, the young man. Yeah. The white underneath his, you know, the white of his clothing, down his knee, 
bang into the other knee, a bit of white, bang onto the other two. Yeah. Look at that. Look yeah. at that right hand knee on the right hand side. You're looking at it. He's a bit stuck there. Where am I going next? Oh, I'm going up the side of his because he's got a white arm. Hit his face. A little bit of the white. It's very clever. This bit. You go and you hit the white feather. Yes. Okay. And then where do you go? Well, the white feather actually points you to the right. Points you to St. Peter's hand. Mm-hmm. St. Peter's then got the cloak. You go around the cloak. Jesus's face. Back down to his hand. Back to the guy's feather. Back to St. Peter. And round and round you go. So you don't want anything in, in, the, in the, no. top, the top. The top half of the painting is essentially irrelevant. Yeah. Um, oh. Why is it? Why does he even have... Well, I guess you need the top half of the painting to allow the breadth of the five characters and the, and the two arrivals. Uh, the window just gives you something, some sense of place. Very clever. It is. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's so good. And he's painting it. Bear in mind, paint well. Good question, actually. What do you paint it? No, he must have painted in situ. And it's a dark space. So, what does he have? Does he have candelabra? I mean, how's he? How's he light? How's he lighting it to paint? I don't know. No. Must be candles, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm. Because it's a side chapel, so you, you can have the doors open to the church, but it's not. It's not throwing much light on it. <clears throat> Must have made a few sketches, I'm assuming. But then someone this, but you know, so some person I read about it said probably not. Just went, kind of went for it. Imagine being that talented to paint. Ah, uh, he must have. I mean, an expert would know, but yeah, but it must have been sketched. Yeah, it's um, so nice. It's just those hat, everything about it. It's fab. Oh, the paint, the faces, the hands, the legs, and their clothes. Yeah. Brilliant painting. I love it. Well, that, <laughs> that, that is our painting of the week um, that we've been riffing on, well, as they say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can never... Caravaggio's paintings are never dull. Um, we're spending a lot of time on, on, on our film that we are making about Caravaggio because it's, it's so much detail and nuance. And it's important not to get lost in just, you know the drama of his life, um, but to focus on the man as a painter, first and foremost. Um, and I think he's a master, no question. Mm. See you next week. Hi. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast. For more information, please visit our website at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com. Dot com. See you next time.